Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Steadfast Sermon Series, which looks at the different areas in the Christian life in which we are called to be steadfast. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. And tonight we're going to come, and we're going to look at two passages tonight, and the first one that we're going to read is is just simply to help us see how important the church is to Christ. It's a familiar portion of scripture. It's Hebrews 5.25. And so I want you to stand with me, if you will. We're going to read this verse, and then we're going to turn over to 1 Corinthians 12. But Ephesians 5, let's stand and let's turn there. Ephesians 5.25, you can turn there or you can, you can just listen. And then 1 Corinthians 12 is where we're going to really spend our time tonight. Ephesians, real quick, and, and you can just listen. Ephesians 5.25, it says this, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. The verse and the passage there in Hebrews, or excuse me, in Ephesians, is really speaking about the importance of marriage and the roles within marriage between a husband and a wife. But in the passage, in Ephesians 5, we find an amazing statement that's made. The statement is this, love Christ, or excuse me, love the church like Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. All right, now what I want to point out is simply this. The church was important to Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I want what was important to Jesus to be important to me. And so we need to understand if the church was important to him, it should be important to us. And because the church is so important to us, tonight we're going to look into 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to study out about being steadfast in his church steadfast in his church. 1 Corinthians 12 tonight, turn there and let's go. We're just going to read a few verses. 1 Corinthians 12 and beginning in verse number 12, here's what we read. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer tonight. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you take just a moment and and just ask God to speak to you And would you do something tonight? Would you ask him to speak to you in a personal way? God, speak to me on a personal level tonight. And then make a commitment. God, if you'll speak to me, I'm listening to you. And I want to respond to you. Dear Lord, I want to come before you and just uh, 
thank you for the word of God. Thank you for how it applies to us. Thank you for its truths that you use to, to shape our faith and to help us have wisdom and to walk with you, to know you, to know what you think uh, about us and have for us. And so Lord, I pray as we come into the word of God tonight that you would help uh, your word not to fall upon deaf ears, but God, that we would have ears to hear and a heart uh, to respond. I humble my heart before you, Lord, just recognize my need to you and, and of you tonight. And so Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us and work in a very special way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> I want to ask you as we start tonight, have you ever, uh, you ever finished off something, maybe you ate something and you finished it off and you wish you had more? Um, or have you ever maybe looked back at an experience and you wish that that experience could have lasted? Maybe you went on a trip or a vacation and, and you look back and you think, man, I, I, wish, that was, I wish that was longer. <clears throat> We've all been there. We all have times that we, things that we look back at and say we wish it would have lasted longer. And we look, have maybe uh, food items that we look back at and we wish we could have eaten longer. I know for us, I think of a trip that uh, Hannah and I took just this, la- this last year, 2019, for our uh, anniversary. We saved up and we did really um, uh, um, a bucket list trip uh, for Hannah, which was starting in, um, man, where'd we start? We started in Central California, and then we took Highway 1 and Highway 101 all the way down to Santa Barbara. It's, about, it's only about a seven-hour drive, but we did it in eight days. And uh, we, just, we just went to Airbnbs and hotels, and we just took our time. I learned to surf, which was nuts. And uh, we, ate, we ate some great food at places. We got to do some things and, and really just spend that time together. And at the end of that eight days, and I look back and we both were like, this is one of the best trips we've ever had. Just one of the most relaxing and we got to, got to read together on the trip and, and God spoke to both of our hearts on the trip. It was just one of those that we looked back and on day one and day two, I was thinking, oh, this is a cool trip. But on day eight, I was thinking, man, that was an amazing trip. I think that's a good trip. I think about food things that I've eaten and wish I had more of. Hannah makes, uh, at home, we have, she makes healthy chocolate chip cookies, which are amazing, but then she also makes unhealthy chocolate chip cookies. And every now and then, she'll be in the kitchen, and the kids will come in, and they'll see the chocolate chips out, and they'll go, oh, mom, you're making chocolate chip cookies. And the other day, she was in there making them, and I heard one of them go, oh, mom, chocolate chip cookie. Healthy or unhealthy? Healthy, and that the kids are healthy or unhealthy. And uh, man, we found out there, she, was, she said, well, they're gonna be a little bit of both. And they were still amazing. But when she makes those unhealthy cookies, it's honestly, I, I think they're gonna be in heaven. I really do. Like, I, I, they are amazing. And it's the perfect blend. It's the perfect softness and yet crunch. It's the perfect salty and sugar. I mean, it, it's, how many of you like chocolate chip cookies? How many of you want one right now? Uh, someone go up. She's in the nursery tonight. Go tell her to make some chocolate chip cookies while she's up there. And man, I love those chocolate chip cookies. And you know what? When she's making those cookies and I'll come in the kitchen and, and there's the cookie dough, I got to eat cookie dough. 
I love cookie dough, and so I'll just, I'll just grab a spoon and scoop out a, you know, a bowl full of cookie dough, and I'll just be walking around eating. It's like three cookies right there, and I'm just walking around the house eating these cookies, eating the cookie dough, and then uh, she'll go, and she'll put them on the tray. She'll pull them out fresh of the oven, and I'll go and cut one in half, and I'll take it, and man, you know what? While I'm eating those cookies right at the beginning, I'm just thinking, this is awesome. This is great. I, could, I just keep eating these, and I don't really, you know, I, I don't really temper myself. I just kind of jump in there. I just start devouring. But then when I look on the counter the next day and there's two cookies left, do you know what I do? No, I, I literally do this. I walk up with a knife and I'll just cut off just a little itty bitty bit. And I'll get just one little triangle or I'll, I'll just walk by and I'll just break off just, just like literally a half a bite of a cookie. And I'm like, oh man. And I, I try to make it last. Of course, then the kids come in. And they're like, oh good. <laughs> hey, I was savoring that. Listen, there's a lot of things in your life and my life that we could probably look at. And during the first few moments of it, it was just kind of like, huh, this is good. But then after it was gone, you look back and you go, wow, I really missed that. You know what they call that in that moment, in the moment of, huh, this is good. We call it taking it for granted. We all have moments in life that we take for granted. Times that we look and we think, yeah, this is all right. But then when we look back, we say, man, I wish, I wish I had that. I wish I could go there again. I wish I could eat that again. I wish I could. We take it for granted. You know, <clears throat> we could probably look and say that there's a lot of things that we take for granted in our life, but one of the things that I believe many Christians take for granted is their... A lot of believers take for granted the church. Tonight, I want to challenge us. Don't take the church for granted. Instead, make the decision to be steadfast in it, to enjoy its influence in my life and your life, and to determine to invest and influence others through it. I want us to take our Bibles tonight. I want us to notice, first of all, what I'm calling the identity of the church. The identity of the church. In this passage, <coughs> As we go through this, and we're just going to really kind of uh, hit some key thoughts in 1 Corinthians 12 tonight, not preach an elaborate message on the whole thing or an extensive message. But as you go through the passage tonight, you would notice that Paul, he uses the word or the phrase, the body. He uses that a lot through 1 Corinthians 12. One place in particular is in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Here's what Paul says, writing to the church of believers at Corinth. He says this, now ye are the body of Christ. You're the body of Christ. Paul states a very clear claim that is backed up throughout all scripture. You are the body of Christ. Now, what's he doing here? If you were to go, he's using, he's using what I would probably call a word picture. And he's making a doctrinal statement, and again, we're not going to elaborate on all of this, but he's, he's trying to paint a picture. And here's what Paul is doing. He's explaining that the church at Corinth was the body or the presence of Christ to the community at Corinth. He's simply saying, hey, you 
are Christ in Corinth. You're a picture of Jesus in Corinth. You are Jesus's hands and feet and mouth in Corinth. All right? That's really a very simple teaching of the New Testament. Well, what's the teaching? The teaching is this, that the local church is the body of Christ to the community. The local church is the picture of Christ to their community. Think about Moses Lake Baptist Church. Our church, and the church, again, it's made up of the people. It's not, we're gonna see that in just a second. It's not the building, but the church, the, we are a picture of Jesus to Moses Lake Washington. And I could say this, we are one of the bodies of Christ in Moses Lake Washington. We are not the only body of Christ. Why? Because there's other biblical churches within Moses Lake. And they too are the body or a picture of Christ to the community. So God is not, through Paul, God's not saying this, hey, you have a corner on Christ. You have, a, you have, you have the secret. He's saying, no, 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 you're a picture. You're the body. You're the hands. You're the feet. You're the eyes. You're the ears. You're the mouth of Jesus to your local community. That's a truth that he's giving to these believers at Corinth. And <clears throat> if you look at what he says in verse number 27, he doesn't say, now you're just the body. He says, you're the body of Christ. You identify with Jesus. You are his representation. And so we need to know in Moses Lake that Moses Lake Baptist Church is the body of Christ, a body of Christ, representing Jesus to the community of Moses Lake. So what is our identity? Our identity is we are a body of Christ to this community. All right, let's look secondly then, if you will, at the individuals. This body is not one, and uh, it's, not, um, it's not made up of just one. The body is made up of many members. Notice what's taught. You can go to verse number 27 again. I know we didn't read it at the beginning, but this verse really summarizes things well. So verse 27, you're the body of Christ and members in particular. Members in particular. This is something that Paul, he's been teaching on. If you were to go, you can find, excuse me, that Paul has been talking about all of the individual parts of the body. Go back to where we read it just a moment ago in 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> Here's what you read in 1 Corinthians 12. For as the body is one, all right, so we are one body, but that body hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. Skip down to verse number 14. For the body is not one member, but many. So Paul is speaking here about the, if I can say it this way, the individuality of the body. He's speaking that just as a physical body has parts, so the body of Christ has parts. The church at Corinth was made up of all sorts of individuals. It doesn't take long. Go back and read 1 Corinthians 6, and you'll discover that the body of Christ at Corinth was made up of a lot of different people. Notice what he says in verse number uh, uh, 13. Look at 13. 
For by one spirit, he's using verse 13 to explain verse 12. For by one spirit, are we all baptized into one body? So through baptism, it's a way that you become a member of the body. But then notice what he says. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free. You know what he's saying? Hey, listen, every single one of you has a different background. Every single one of you has a different personality. Every single one of you has a different calling or job. You're all individuals. Well, can I say tonight that just as the many members of Corinth were individuals, the same is true at Moses Lake Baptist Church. Said it a moment ago that we're the body of Christ here in Moses Lake, but this body is made up of individuals. We all come from different backgrounds, different upbringings, different walks of life. But Tom, where were you born? California. Where at in California? Alhambra. All right, Alhambra, California. Gordon, where were you born? Titusville, Pennsylvania. Titusville, Pennsylvania. Veronica, where were you born? Ellensburg. Isaac, where were you born? Wenatchee. Wenatchee. Leo, where were you born? Uh, Odessa. Odessa. Brian, where were you born? Hey, look, every one of us born somewhere different. A few of us may be born the same place, but born somewhere different. Why? We're all individuals. How many of you tonight, let's think about this very just, just quickly. How many of you tonight can remember when you got saved? Remember it. Christy, when did you trust Christ? First grade. First grade. Craig, when did you trust Christ? 23 years old. 23 years old. Mom, where would you trust Christ? Jim, where would you trust Christ? Brother Arnie, where'd you trust Christ? Easter Sunday, 1948. 1948. Maggie. 24, Amen. Alan. Amen. Lisa. 89. 89. Shalane. February 17th, last year. Hey, not everybody has the same salvation day. It's all different. I wouldn't ask this to embarrass anybody tonight, but... How many of you, you would look back and you would say that your upbringing was anything but Christian? How many of you would look back and say you were raised in a Christian home? How many of you would say, you know, if I look back at my life, <clears throat> I could honestly say that I married up. How many of you married down? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. You know what? You met a spouse somewhere. <laughs> you met a spouse somewhere. You fell in love somewhere. We all work somewhere different, most of us. We have people who have deep educations with many degrees, and we have folks who don't. You know what that is? Difference. We're all different. I love that. I love the fact that the Lord doesn't say, here's a cookie cutter uh, uh, church or here's a cookie cutter Christian. No, we're all different. We're all individuals. And yet we make up the identity, which is the body. And that's what Paul's getting at in this passage. He's just simply saying, hey, you're a bunch of different people with a, bi a bunch of different stories, but you're all within the body. We are individuals within the body. All right. We're moving quite a right along tonight. 
So we have this idea that we're all individuals. We find the identity, which is the body. I want you to see thirdly tonight what I'm calling then the importance. The importance of what? Well, the importance of the individuals within the body. Go to verse 14. <clears throat> Paul says, for the, body is not, uh, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not of the eye, not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If it were the hearing, where were the smelling? In these verses, Paul is pointing out this thought that... <clears throat> For the majority, uh, that he's really trying to point out for the majority of the passage. And here's what the thought is. The thought is this. You may be individuals making up one body, but every single part is very important. What had happened is apparently it had gotten back to Paul that the believers were kind of uh, um, uh, being divided you can go back to the beginning parts of 1 Corinthians and you find that Paul says, why are you claiming, one claiming I am of Paul and another I am of Apollos. Paul was a leader in that church at Corinth and Apollos was a leader at the church at Corinth and a good leader. And Paul writes to them, he's saying, hey, why are you claiming to, to be of one and of another? And then he gets in because they were not only arguing over uh, kind of their heritage, but then they were arguing over their gifts. And one was saying, well, I have, the gift of, I have the gift of preaching. Well, I have the gift of teaching. Well, I got the gift of, I've got the gift of, well, I've got the gift of encouragement. Well, I've got the gift of this. And they were arguing over who had, you know, superiority and who was better and who was worse. And Paul's trying to help them to see and understand that every single member of the body of Christ matters. You can go and you can read this in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Look at what it says. It says, there are, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit and there are diversity, there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of the spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit divided to every man severally as he will. Well, what's Paul doing? He's just simply saying, hey, every part matters. One is not better than the other. Just as the Parts of a body matter. The eyes matter. The ears matter. Your elbow matters. Your big toe matters. Your, it does. Your armpit matters. We don't know what for, but it matters. But it's just the same. Listen, it's just the same with the body of Christ. Every individual plays an important part. And what was true for Corinth is true for Moses Lake Baptist Church. Everyone matters. Every single person of Moses Lake Baptist matters and is important. Well, I don't feel important. Can I say that when we give into that thinking, 
We need to know that that's from the pits of hell. Well, no one will miss me. Well, I feel like I just, I'm not even noticed. If you ever find yourself challenged or tempted to be discouraged, God's not behind it. He's not behind discouragement. The devil is behind every bit of of discouragement. Because we know what God says right here. God says every individual is important and has value in the body of Christ. The greeter, it's important. The usher, it's important. The choir, it's important. The children's worker, important. The cleaners, important. The teachers, important. The pastor, important. The music, important. The security, important. Every single one is important. Let me just tell you tonight, if no one else does, what God says. He says, you matter. You're important. I'll be honest with you. Every one of us have times when we don't feel important. Every one of us have times when we don't feel appreciated. And I'll be honest, me too. We all do that. We all have times when we think, well, I guess no one even noticed I did that. I guess they didn't notice that I. We have times of, well, if I'm not there, no harm, no foul. If I don't show up, you know, I mean, really. I've missed twice before and I never got a text message. I missed, I'm, I missed once last month and no one came by my house. I guess I probably just really, I don't matter. And I'll be honest, you know what? There are times when, and I'll say this about all of us, there are times when our importance is overlooked. There is. There's times when, some, when you may do something or give or take a step of faith or you take a great step of growth and no one applauds. There may be times a pastor, maybe I'll get up and I'll study and I'll, I'll put effort into it and then people don't show up. And no one comes up and says, great message. And I'll be honest, and listen, I'm just trying to talk to us tonight and tell us the truth, that those are times that we feel like no one under, man, no one appreciates me. I've been singing, I've been doing that for months and no one's ever told me thank you. Sometimes that reveals our motive for doing it a little bit, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. But regardless, there are times when we feel unappreciated. We feel unnoticed. Can I tell you tonight that the opinion of people doesn't matter? And what you do at the church may not be noticed by others, but it's always noticed by God. You say, well, how do you, how do you know that, Pastor? Because of 1 Corinthians 12. He says, every single member is important. Every single member is important. You have, this is Jesus, he's saying, you have importance within my body. And not one of you is more important than the other one. (laughs) 
Sometimes we think that there's ranks of importance. Oh, you know, I, I know I matter, but not as much as, well, I know I'm important, but not like her. Well, I know I, but not like, one man said it this way, no member should compare or contrast itself with any other member because each one is different and each one is important. And if we had time to elaborate on the passage, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 12, 19 through 25. He just talks about the differences of the gifts and, and things of that nature. And he's saying, hey, every single one is important. He's saying, basically, everyone matters. So I look tonight and I see our identity. What are we? And we're the body of Christ. And we are Jesus, a picture of him, his hands, his eyes, his feet to this community. But this body is made up of individuals. But not one individual is less important than another. Every one of us, every one of us matter. And so I want to close tonight by closing with just this thought, the involvement. The involvement. If every one of us matter... If we matter in the body of Christ, here's the truth. Since every one of us are important, every one of us should be involved. Verse 18 <clears throat> says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. You know what Paul is saying? He's saying, Hey, church at Corinth, God put you there for a reason. Paul goes on to talk about the fact that every member holds an important place within the work of the body of Christ. He's already written to these believers that the, the purpose of the church is to encourage and help each other, but then also to reach the world for Christ. Those are in uh, chapters 1, 2, and 3, and even into 4. We are laborers together with God, and Paul talks about that going into even 5. And, and then in the, sec the, the, the uh, um, uh, second book of Corinthians, Paul is saying, hey, listen, you matter, and you are important, and every single uh, person has a reason to be in the body of Christ to help encourage other people and to bring people to Jesus. But I want you to notice what Paul says <clears throat> because he says this, and we'll see it in a second. He says this truth that when you don't show up, it affects everybody. When you are not involved, it affects everybody. And when you are involved, it affects everybody. We see this thought summarized in four through seven. We just saw it a moment ago. It says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But notice verse number seven. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Well, what's that mean, Pastor. The manifestation or the making known of the Spirit through the gifts is given to every man. So your gift is given to you for the purpose of the profit of everybody. That's what he's saying. You are given to the church for the profit of everybody. Everyone benefits when the whole body is working together and everyone hurts when it's not. Each body part is important, and the individual believer is important just like it is the individual member of a body is important. And he's saying every single part 
has purpose. Every single member, every single body part has purpose. Can I tell you that if you are part of Moses Lake Baptist Church, you are important to MLBC and your involvement matters. God's put you here for a reason. That reason is to glorify him, to reach others for him, and to encourage others in him. That's the, really the threefold purpose of the church. We reach people, we glorify God. How do we glorify him? By getting to know him, building the relationship, so many answers. We reach people for him or with him. We tell the lost about Christ. And then we encourage others in him. Well, what's that? That's just loving people around us. You matter for the whole body. All of the gifts, spiritual gifts, and all the roles. You see what he said? The administrations are different, but the same Lord. The operations are different, but the same Lord. He's saying all of it plays a part so that everyone's will, everyone will profit. Profits the entire body. You know what? When we, as a church family, when we are working together, we glorify Jesus. The individual body parts glorify the body, not the individual part. Say, Pastor, what do you mean? How many like sports? I love sports, and I, <coughs> I was studying, and I found this illustration of the thought, and I, I, I love it. I like football. In football, there's a move called a stiff arm. Gordon, I put that picture on just for you. Russell Wilson. There's a stiff arm. A stiff arm is when the ball carrier has the ball and he's running and someone comes to tackle him and literally just puts a stiff arm out and pushes him away. All right? I've never heard anybody, I've never heard anybody say, man, his elbow sure did a great job there. Man, his forearm. Look at that, his forearm, look at it. It's just flexed perfectly. His forearm was, was instrumental in that stiff arm. I, I've, I've, I haven't heard anybody do that. You know what I hear people say? Man, did you see that stiff arm Russell Wilson did? Man, did you see, that, did you see what that player did? The body part gave the player glory. Does that make sense? Now you could go to baseball. I've never seen somebody, when you see a home run get robbed right there in, outer, in, in, in the outfield, in center field or left or right, you see someone leap and almost climb that wall. And man, guys have done amazing feats and jumped up there. I've never seen somebody, wow. Man, his fingers, his fingers closed that glove so good. I've never heard somebody say that. I've heard somebody say, wow. Man, that player can catch. Wow, what a glove on that player. What's receiving the glory? The player. Because if you just stuck the glove out there, ain't gonna do nothing. If the player just stood out there with his hand going like this, the ball is very rarely, if ever, gonna just happen to land in his glove. I loved basketball and I still watch it, but not as much. My favorite player all growing up was Michael Jordan. I will never forget the dunk competition that he won when he jumped from the free throw line. How many of you watched that on TV? 
I remember watching it with my dad. And I remember, I was just, uh, what was that, 19? That was 88 or 89. I was five or six years old. I remember going, <laughs> Dad, he jumped from the free throw line. You know, after that dunk, I mean, it's an iconic dunk. This is an iconic picture. I never met anybody that went, yeah. Did you see the calves on that guy? <laughs> Man, have you, ever, have you ever seen the calves on Michael Jordan? Look at those calves. I've never seen that. I've never heard that. You know what I've heard? Man, what a dunk Michael Jordan made. You know what people talk about? Man, you remember that year Michael Jordan dunked from the free throw line? It wasn't, you remember that year Michael Jordan's calves leapt from the free throw line and he soared through the air? You remember watching them? That, didn't ha that doesn't happen. You say, Pastor, it's kind of a silly thing. This is the point, listen, this is the point Paul is making. He's saying the individual parts bring glory to the body. For us, the individual parts bring glory to Christ. We bring glory to the one who we represent. So can I tell you tonight that when you and I, when we make a decision to be steadfast and involved in the church, we bring glory to him. But the opposite is also true. That when we make a decision, when we make a decision to do our own thing, make a decision to not be involved, make a decision to creep away, you know what happens? We miss out. We miss out on bringing God glory. We miss out on people exalting him. We miss out. Because every single part is to glorify Christ and every single part should be involved. I tell you tonight, no one, no one is more or less important, but all are to do whatever they can to glorify the Lord. I want to encourage you tonight to be steadfast in the church. With all of this, that's, that's the challenge. The church was important to Christ. You're important in the church. So be involved. Realize that you are important and cast off the discouragement that the devil sends and tries to bring you to tell you that you aren't important or that you aren't noticed. Understand that God has placed you here with the purpose of representing him to a lost world and the purpose of being an encouragement to other believers in Christ. And can I tell you, don't just be here. Be a part. And that doesn't mean that we just come and serve and fulfill duty. No, be a part of encouraging other people. Be a prayer warrior for other believers in Christ. Man, get to know the other believers in our church. It amazes me, and I, I, I'm, this is not a negative comment at all, but it amazes me at our church sometimes when I have someone come up and they say, hey, I haven't met that fella. Is he new? And I've had this happen. I haven't met him. Is he new? And I go, no. He's been coming here for four years. No, yeah, no, yes, no. I have a picture of 2015. Can I just tell you that sometimes, sometimes we fail on the involvement part because we're guilty of checking a list. 
did my service. Well, I, sh- I sang. Well, I did this. I shake five hands today. I did that. And we fail. We fail at understanding. I'm important. It doesn't mean that I have to make sure every, every service I shake everybody's hand. You know, so Brian, you need to do the handshaking time longer. Why? I got to make my rounds. <laughs> got to get to everybody. That's not what it means. No, listen, here's what I want to encourage us with tonight. I want to challenge us with this thought. Stop letting the devil tell you you're not important. Stop letting the devil tell you that your involvement doesn't matter. Stop letting him discourage your heart and tell you, well, if I show up or don't show up, it doesn't matter. Don't let him, don't let him tell you that. Discouragement is from the depths of hell. My wife and I were talking about it this week. Anytime you're tempted to be discouraged, the devil's behind it. That's biblical. So tonight, be encouraged. Be encouraged at what? You matter. You're, you're important. And your involvement's important. Not just showing up and checking a list. No, actually being a part. Being an encourager. Being a soul winner. Being a giver. Being a singer. Some of you can't sing, Danny. But you know what? You know what I love about Brother Danny? Danny, Danny, know, Danny knows he's not the most skilled singer. And he jokes about it. But can I tell you one of the most encouraging things that's happened this year so far in my heart is two weeks ago I walked in on a Sunday night or in my, I don't know what service it was. And I walked in and I didn't think, what is that awful noise? <laughs> you know what I thought? I thought, who's singing so loud? And I looked over and Danny, you don't even know I saw it. Danny was there and I, I don't, don't remember what song we were singing. And Danny had his eyes closed, and he's just bellowing. Man, he's just singing out. He didn't care who was around. You know, I, I almost talked about it that day, but I didn't. But I looked over at Danny, and, you know, I almost started crying. Why? Because that blessed me. This morning, I was up here during our, during our song service, and, and I, I said it this morning. I, I appreciated so much the emphasis on the name of Jesus in the songs this morning. But I sat up here and I stopped singing just for a minute. I stopped singing because I just wanted to listen. And I appreciate what Micah said on Thursday night, man. We have a singing church. I praise the Lord for that. Can I just tell you, keep doing it. And if you're not, do it. Keep serving. Look for ways to be involved. Why? Because you matter. Oh, pastor, you're just saying that because you... No, 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 no. I'm not saying it. He said it. He said, you matter. So since I matter, and since he's placed me here, you know I should make the decision to do? Be steadfast. Be steadfast in the church. It's vital. We are Christ to the community. And I get to be a part of it. You get to be a part of it. So let's not take it for granted. A lot of Christians look back and say, man, I wish I would have. I would rather look back and say, man, I'm thankful I did. Let's be that. Steadfast in this church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.